0: Good evening, my name's Anthony Stander and I pastor a church called Living Waters Community Fellowship in Tableview in Cape Town. Uh, We can't meet in the week at the moment, but you can join us online on Facebook at Living Waters Community Fellowship if you would like to know more about our church and join in on our online services. I'd like to bring a message tonight called The Way, The Truth and The Life. And our opening scripture is John 14 verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There are many different churches in the world. This is not a weakness, it's a strength. For all these different churches emphasize different aspects of the faith. Some are strong in faith, others in serving the poor, others in love, others in ministries to the sick. And we as Christians usually gravitate to the churches that we Can serve the best in. So don't go to a church where you feel the most comfortable, where you've got the best chairs and the best facilities necessarily. Go to the church where your gifts are needed, where you are needed, where a church is struggling and they really need what you have to offer. But all the churches of God should have the same basic beliefs and if we have those beliefs we can fellowship as a Christian church. But if any of these pillars are missing then we have a problem And we can't be friends in the faith. So these are some of the pillars which are not negotiable in the Christian faith. The virgin birth. It's not negotiable. The deity of Jesus Christ, that he is God. That's not negotiable. The blood atonement. The death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The second coming of Christ. The Bible is the inspired word of God. is not negotiable. And the doctrine of hell. Everlasting punishment in the lake of fire for the unsaved is a not negotiable doctrine. If we agree on all these points, we can fellowship. But if one of these pillars is attacked, we cannot fellowship. For instance, the cults attack some of these pillars. The Jehovah's Witnesses attack the Godhead of Jesus Christ. They say Jesus was the Archangel Michael. They don't believe in hell. Most cults attack the Godhead of Jesus, the death burial of Christ hell, or the doctrine of the Trinity. So today I want to look at the, at the head of the church or the Godship of Jesus Christ. John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. This great scripture is one of the greatest banners unfilled on battlefield earth. Our first banner reads, Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And there are other banners, love, joy, peace. But the second and the greatest banner I believe is in John 14 verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. This great truth is not negotiable. We ride up to the great and dark religions of our time and we plant our flag before them, before we deploy our forces to enforce it. As they shudder on their foundations, we declare there is no other way to God but through Jesus Christ. This wonderful and groundbreaking scripture separates us from every other religion or way of life. It makes an absolute distinction between Christianity and anything else. Jesus Christ makes this statement, not one of his disciples, and he says there's no other way to the Father but through him. Who is this person who says such great things? Is he a great prophet or maybe an apostle or some great religious leader? Almost every other religious leader taught that there were other paths to God or taught some tolerance of of other faiths in some form. Not Jesus Christ. He said he is the way, the truth and the life. An absolute. So who was he? Who was Jesus? Jesus. We look at the first two words, I am. The key lies in those two words. Jesus is making one of the most profound statements ever uttered on the earth by any human being. And the last time we heard the words I am was in Exodus 3 verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. We see God speaking to Moses and he calls himself, I am. Back to the New Testament in John verse 8. The Pharisees are pushing Jesus, saying the things you say of yourself, they are not true. And every time Jesus answers them, he says greater and greater things and he's freaking them out. Then he calls God his father and the Pharisees answer, they are Abraham's seed. And Jesus said if they were, they would not seek to kill him. In fact, in verse 44, Jesus tells them, you are of your father, the devil, not of God. And that really annoyed them. And we catch up this conversation in John 8 verse 52 from verse 52. Then the Jews said to him, now we know you have a demon. Abraham is dead in the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. And in verse 55 he says, Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to Jesus, You are not yet fifty years old and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. They understood exactly what Jesus was saying. When Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am, he was referring to the burning bush and God speaking to Moses through the burning bush. And they took up stones instantly because they thought that he had committed blasphemy. But we are told in scripture about Jesus in John 1, 3 and 10 to 11. It says, all things were made through him, Jesus, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him, Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came from a w- for a witness, to be a witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to be a witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming in the world. And speaking of Jesus, it says, he was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He, speaking about Jesus again, came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Can you imagine that? The God who created the universe came down to earth, and nobody knew him. Nobody recognized him. Nobody gave him the honor that was due to him. And the God of the universe walked in the flesh here on the earth. So these scriptures speak of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how the disciples felt when confronted that Jesus was God on the earth after he had been resurrected? John 1.14 reminds us, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh God's word that he created the entire universe with. He said, let there be and there was. The word became flesh and it, he lived amongst us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father. Colossians one13 to 17 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. That all principalities and powers and all things were created through him, by Jesus, and for him, for Jesus. And he's the ruler of every throne and dominion. And it's only because men love darkness that they are allowed to continue. But Jesus, at a blink of his eyelids, can remove governments and powers on this earth. For all things, uh, he's above all things. Jesus Christ is the great I am in Exodus, our creator, our king and the king of the universe. Jesus being part of the Godhead has the right to say to the human race in John 14, I am the way. Dr. Billy Graham tells a story of a time early in his ministry when he arrived in a small town to preach a sermon. Wanting to mail a letter in those days, he asked a young boy where the post office was. When the boy told him, Dr. Graham thanked him and said, If you will come to church tonight, I will tell you how you can get to heaven. The little boy thought about it for a moment and said, No, thank you, sir. I don't think I'll be there. You don't even know how to get to the post office. There are many religions in the world claiming to be the way. I remember as an unsafe person being really confused about that until I was given a book on the book of Revelation discussing the book of Revelation in the Bible. It was a book that explained the chapters in Revelation. And I read Revelations 5 verse 1, uh, and I gave my life to Christ after reading and understanding these scriptures. And Revelations 5 verse 1 to 5 says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. Can you imagine that the angels could not find any holy man who were on the earth or under the earth or in heaven who who was able or worthy to open that scroll? And verse 4 says, The apostle says, so I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look thereon." And the writer of the book I was reading said, the apostle wept with a brokenness much, you know, completely shaking, weeping so much that no human was found worthy, that we were all so rotten, so fallen, so broken, so damaged, that no one was found worthy to open and to read the scroll. And the writer said, The apostle wept for the human race, for us being so lost. And I, as a young man, I understood that, you know, being broken and lost myself. I knew that he was telling the truth. And Revelation 5, verse 5 says, But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seal. And as an unsaved person, I read that and my heart broke. All the hardness of sin was shattered, and I knew Jesus Christ was worthy. All the other holy men had some bad stuff. One of them killed at least 600 people. Another slept with young girls. It's why he was assassinated, so his followers could hide his shame. One was overweight and taught about self-control, but not Jesus. No one could convince him of sin. There was absolutely no evidence. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. He healed the sick, the blind saw. Demons were cast out, the dead were raised. He rebuked the storm in the sea. He was glorious. What more could God have done if he had walked on the earth to show us that he was God in the flesh? What other holy men did any of these things? I think of the Afrikaans song, Any seals whipped a mark. Vant u het ons met u blutge kuop et elke stam Nasi, folk and tal. Revelations 5.9 And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Jesus is the way. I followed Christ gladly through this minefield of life. My life has been difficult and not easy. But Jesus has never led me astray, always been a light to my path. I am privileged to know Jesus Christ. His way has led me through trials and tribulations, but always to victory. The truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Today the world is full of liars and liars. People lie, politicians lie, even the characters in the soapies lie. And when Pilate was sentencing Jesus, he said, what is truth? This hard bitten old Roman soldier who'd seen it all, all things across the world and seen all kinds of different religion, was embittered and, and uh, sarcastic. And he said to Jesus in uh, John eighteen thirty eight. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Is that not the cry of the whole world? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Meanwhile, if he'd been able to read the scriptures, he would have found the answer to his question in John 17, 17. Jesus said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Most people today are cynical. Lies destroy us. They destroy our relationships with each other. And a relationship cannot be built on the sinking sand of lies. Truth is like fine china. It can be broken, it can be mended, but it can never be the same again. When we enter the kingdom of God, we embrace this bastion of power, the truth. It is our belt that holds all our armor together. I want to encourage and warn Christians that truth is not optional in our walk and that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. Revelation 21 verse 8 says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand therefore, having girded having, a, a belt, your, having girded your waist with truth, that is, having a belt of truth that's holding all your armor together, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, If we are going to lie and and deceive and carry on like that, our armor comes loose. Our breastplate falls off. The rest of the armor starts falling off. And in the end, we have no armor at all. Jesus said in John 8.32, And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Truth will set you free. Rebuild your relationships and break the chains that bind. What is truth? Jesus Christ is the truth. Jesus said he was the life. John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give life, a satisfying life, a life with purpose and excitement. I remember as an unsaved person, I had a hollow in my life. There was something missing, an emptiness in my, I could feel it in, the, in my stomach. If I went out and drank or partied or watched movies, I didn't feel the emptiness. It was only the next day or the next morning or after a movie or a party that I would feel that hollowness in the pit of my stomach that nothing seemed to fill. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the first thing I noticed was that hollow emptiness was gone. No matter what I did, I felt complete. I felt I had purpose. Jesus said he came to give life. And that is a life without depression, a life without poverty, a life without hopelessness. He wants to change your life and put you on a road that will make you gasp with wonder, excitement and fulfillment. And he doesn't offer just life in this world, uh, in the next, but also in this world. Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, How much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ? What are you reigning over in your life? Are you ruling and reigning over your problems, over your lack of finances, over your addictions? If you are not reigning or ruling in your life, you, friend, don't have abundant life yet. The false churches of today use that scripture to say God has promised us earthly wealth, but the disciples knew it meant spiritual blessings, as every one of them, after walking halfway around the world and struggling with poverty, would die for their faith. Abundant life is having Christ in your heart, overcoming all odds, and therefore both a rich man and a poor man can have the life that Jesus Christ offers us through the cross. And the end of that scripture in John 14 says, No man comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to God. Jesus said it. Jesus is the door. You have to accept him as the great I am in your life. No other holy man or path is the way. Jesus Christ is the door to life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. The man in the jungle with a bone through his nose can't get to the Father except through Jesus Christ. If you are worried about the man with a bone through his nose, go and tell him about Jesus, like many of our missionaries have done. A story, this is a true story that took place several years ago. A man and his wife were found frozen to death in their car. A blizzard had t- dumped tons of snow in the area, burying their vehicle. Before the woman died, she scribbled a note on a piece of paper and stuffed it into the glove box. The note read, I don't want to die this way. Tragically, less than six feet from the icy grave was a stranded bus, whose festive passengers remained warm throughout the night. How far are you from Jesus this morning? Some of us are so close, but close is not close enough. Six feet was not close enough for this couple. And 18 inches head to heart is not close enough either. And salvation has to be done God's way. We have to accept that Jesus is the only door to the Father. We cannot just be close to salvation. And then we are to follow Jesus' way, adopt the truth and live the life. Notice the life, living the life comes last. First we have to go, accept I am the way, then the truth. And then only the life. Have you got Jesus in the correct path of your life? First, Jesus must be the great I am. And then he must be your only way. And then he must be your only truth. You can't delve in other truths and try and find other ways. And if you do that, then you will have his life. You know, today they often portray Jesus as um, a man in a cloak and he's always got a different face. And people pray to these people. And some of them are just guys that they took a picture of, you know. And we, and we get the wrong impression of Jesus Christ and who he is. But John, who had walked with Jesus for three and a half years, who loved him and put his head on his shoulder, saw Jesus Christ in his risen form. And in Revelations 1 verse 8, Jesus said this to John when he met him on the island of Patmos. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying I am Alpha and Omega the first and the last and what you see write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia unto Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. And John said in verse 12 and I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and being turned I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and, and girt around the chest with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burnt in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many water. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. And John said, When I saw him, Jesus Christ, in his risen form, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive for evermore. amen, and have the keys of hell and death. That is our Lord Jesus Christ in his risen form. That is who we serve, the king of the universe. Not some picture of somebody, you know, taken from, uh, with a human face on. We serve the king and the ruler of the universe. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need to, if you want to be saved, you need to do it his way. We need to repent of our old sins, turn from them and put our trust in the king of the universe, our Lord Jesus Christ. I trust that God has opened your eyes and blessed you today and that you, are, you have a new view of who our Lord Jesus Christ is. And I want to, today I want you to accept him as your Lord and your Savior. Can we just close our eyes and pray? Father God, Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that God sent you to earth to die for us and we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we know there is no one like you. Lord we ask forgiveness for our sins Lord we ask that you help us to stop sinning and to make a 180 degree turn in our life to repent and turn away from our old life and Lord we accept you and put you on the throne of our life as the Lord and master of the universe and the Lord of our lives and we are prepared to follow you to whatever end Lord in Jesus name. Amen. I thank you for listening to this message and I want to remind you that um, I pastor a church called Living Waters Community Fellowship and you can find us on Facebook for online services. Thank you for listening to this message. May God bless you and may you go out with renewed strength and vision today in Jesus name. Amen.